This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends. It is indeed the Thursday edition of Bo Snurley's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. I'd like to start off by passing my condolences to the uh, family of Lucianne Goldberg, Lucianne.com. Lucianne was a friend and um, just a dear heart. And I, I didn't know until earlier today that Lucianne had passed away. And our deepest, deepest condolences. For those of you uh, that have followed politics many, many, many years, Lucianne has been with us during, I met Lucianne, I became aware of her during the Clinton impeachment years. And the web was new. Lucianne was one of the first people to understand how to communicate with vast numbers of people using it and always a dear heart. And so uh, I want to just spend a second to offer condolences to Lucianne and her to her family, the family of Lucianne Goldberg. Uh, Liz Cheney is in the news, my friends. Liz Cheney has endorsed the... De- oh, we surprised. How could we be surprised? Liz, Liz Cheney has endorsed a Michigan Democrat who's in a tight re-election bid. This Democrat that she endorsed, Elisa Slotkin, is on the Armed Services Committee, as was Cheney. And Cheney's... I'm not going to read the whole thing. She goes on and on about how... She's a good and honorable public servant, yada, yada, yada. But Liz Cheney with the Democrats. What the election was ex- not stolen. Yeah, what would one expect? Liz Cheney. The races for the United States Senate, my friends, are tightening, tightening, tightening. There are so many stories. Let me read the headlines in just the Senate stack. Senate races are tightening across the country in frenzied battle. Frenzied, I say, frenzied battle for majority. That's one headline. That was in the Hill. This, the New York Times, black Democrats say the party isn't helping Beasley and Demings enough. Cherry Beasley, Cherry and Val Demings. Cherry's running for the Senate in North Carolina. And uh, Val Demings is running against Marco Rubio in Florida. Some black female Democrats say party leaders are leaving themselves, are leading, leaving both of these ladies, these black ladies, to fend for themselves. No kidding. Here's one that's exciting from the Daily Mail. Pollsters say race between Senator Mark Kelly and Blake Masters is now what? It's a toss-up. Now, for those of you who've been following this stuff, there, this, there's no way this is supposed to be happening. 
The Hill has that story. Cook report, Cook political report, shifts Arizona Senate rating to toss-up. It was a lean Democrat. Now it's a toss-up, less than two weeks ahead of the midterm elections. We'll go through the story. John Fetterman campaign walks back apparent call to free all second-degree murderers. Oh, 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 they're walking it back. Doesn't that make you feel better? Yeah, we know that he said he wanted to free every single second-degree murderer there is, but we didn't really mean that. Uh, Campaign report, hope and panic as midterms tighten. That is also in the Hill. Another headline, debate host fires back after Fetterman camp claims captions were filled with errors. That's, again, the Fetterman campaign claiming that uh, his captioning was all error-filled. That's what did it. That's what did it. Yeah. So we shall get into those stories as the program moves forward. Your telephone calls, yes, are welcome, 800-848-WABC. We didn't take a lot of calls yesterday. Well, as many as I'd like. And those of you that have witnessed any of the debates, that saw the debates, that want to comment on the debates, the midterm elections, which are underway right now, the midterms aren't coming. The midterms are here. Early voting is taking place in many areas of our country. If you have voted already, if you plan to vote early, Well, the midterms are here, and we hope you're making the best choice possible. Of course, there are stories of crime galore. Man with a fake gun commandeers Queen's MTA bus goes off on a crazed joyride before crashing. Police search for mother of five-year-old found dead inside a suitcase. A Saturday Night Live guy was sucker-punched by a stranger outside of a Manhattan comedy club. Oh, yeah, New York. But remember what Kathy Hochul says, the woman, your governor, the unelected governor, state of New York. This is all in your mind, folks. Crime isn't really a problem. It's a mental problem that many of you have. You're imagining it. You are imagining it. You're, You're fearful, and you're taking things way out of context. Why, everything's just safe, peachy keen, rainbows and unicorns out there. And you people are just kind of messing everything up because you think, you think that crime is the problem. In fact, what did Hogel say during the debate? What did she say? What was that line that she said? I don't know why why this is so important to you, she asked Lizzo. Do we still, yes, Kevin, we still have that. Let's remind ourselves. I think that was cut 42, if I'm not mistaken, from yesterday. Yeah. Let's listen to Kathy Hogel one more time. Roger, Roger. This governor, who still, to this moment, what are we, halfway through the debate? She still hasn't talked about locking up anyone committing any crimes. Okay. Anyone who commits a crime under our laws, especially with the change we made to bail, has consequences. I don't know why that's so important to you. Not good. Yep. Yep. Oh, I don't know why that's so important to you. Anybody has, especially with all the changes we made to bail. What changes did they make to bail? They made the changes to let criminals roam the streets. They let them out. And I don't know why that's so important to you people. Sure, we let out criminals. Don't they do that everywhere? Every other Democrat city does it. People aren't complaining in those cities as they get murdered, raped, pillaged. Why are you people in New York complaining about it? That's what she might as well be telling you. 
The battle for the Senate majority is going down to the wire. Series of races across the country are tightening. In the days before the election, this is the election, not the days before. A process that is alternatively giving, alternatively giving hope while also panicking partisans in both parties. I'm not panicked. Democrats have their eyes on Wisconsin. New polls, CNN, well, there's the credibility there. Says that Ron Johnson is clinging to just a one-point lead over Democrat Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. Now, Mandela Barnes has said so many things that should disqualify him in a sane world from ever being a senator, including he's another one of these that wants to let out the criminals, and he's made no, no, there's no question about this. In his own words, he's called for releasing criminals and said this is the guy that said he wishes that he could release half of the prison population on people. Pennsylvania, Democrat nerves are rattling after an uneven debate performance Tuesday night by Democrat Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman, whose race against Republican Mehmet Oz has tightened. If Democrats lose both races, it will greatly injure their prospects of retaining a Senate majority. Republicans and Democrats alike also looking at some races that haven't been in the spotlight, including Iowa's Chuck Grassley. Democrats starting to believe, it says, that Mike Franken could chance an upset. The Des Moines Register poll put Chuck Grassley only three percentage points ahead of Franken, who's a retired naval vice admiral. Former President Trump has announced that he's going to headline a rally to support Chuck Grassley and Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds on November 3rd. He's going to Sioux City, Iowa. So that's one to keep your eyes on that we hope, hope doesn't shift in that direction. In Ohio, Democrat Representative Tim Ryan has always been seen as facing an uphill climb, yet polls showed him running what many saw as a surprisingly competitive race. The polls show that he and Republican J.D. Vance are in a statistical dead heat. Wisconsin, as I just said, shows Johnson with a single percentage point lead. I think it's time for us to ask the senator to come back on the show. There is in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, New Hampshire. You know, the Republicans, Mitch McConnell and his gang pulled out of that one support, but now they're jumping back in a little bit because it is a crapshoot up there. It's showing that that race is a little bit too close to call. The big surprise today is what's going on in Arizona. Now, that was supposed to be said, done, close the door, Bye-bye, but it's not. That race, in a sign of political tides that are changing with less than two weeks to go before the midterms, again, I continue to repeat, the midterms are here. 
The Cook Political Report has changed the Arizona Senate race from lean Democrat to toss-up, despite Democrats outspending Republicans in the Copper State. The race was switched Thursday, today, back to a toss-up. Because recent private polling shows Blake Masters and Senator Mark Kelly are neck and neck. Mark Kelly, former astronaut, husband of Giffy Gabbard. And in that state, the senator's race, there's a governor's race also. Republican Kerry Lake is polling above Democrat Katie Hobbs, who refuses to debate, absolutely refuses. Everyone's asking her to debate. Nope, she didn't debate her primary uh, opponent, and she's not debating Carrie Lake. Now, that should be, if Carrie Lake wins, there's going to be a lot of finger-pointing at her opponent. They said, you should have debated. You should have, you should have debated. Now, if, and believe me, I hope Carrie Lake wins. Carrie Lake is exciting. And you already see the knives in the mainstream press. They're already running smear pieces on her. They are already putting her in the same category as they do Ron DeSantis, Donald Trump, and others. They are already trying to smear her name. And it doesn't bother her. She brushes it off. She calls out reporters for their fake news reporting on her to their faces. She's a fighter, this Carrie Lake. And she does it with class and dignity. Lean Democrat races are also in Colorado. Lean Republican camp is North Carolina. That's Representative Ted Budd facing Democrat Cherry Beasley. Cherry So we shall see. Cook's report noted that Kelly, Arizona, is still the most likely Democrat in a toss-up Senate race to win a seat if Arizona's falling many states before it already have, including Nevada and maybe Georgia. So, I mean, this could turn out to be a really good if and when the polls are counted, when the votes are counted, This could turn out to be a surprisingly good night for a Republican if it swings one way or another. As I said, the Fetterman, the the, the post-Fetterman debate stuff is hysterical. We'll get to some of that when we come back. Bo Snurley with you here. It is Rush Hour. Bo Snurley's Rush Hour here on WABC. If you'd like to join us, 800-848-WABC, 848-9222. And we are coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with those Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Mm. Said, hey, honey, take honey, a walk on the wild side. You're, yeah, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, taking a walk on the wild side with you here on WABC. Little Joe 
Never once gave it away. Everybody had to pay and pay. A hustle here and a hustle there. New York City is the place where they said, Hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. I said, Hey, Joe, take a walk on the wild side. So, Kev, Lou Reed, talk to me. Today marks the nine-year anniversary of the death of rock singer and songwriter Lou Reed. He was 71 when he passed away. Another icon. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, Betterman, you know, that... My friends, I, as I said to you yesterday, I have, I have a lot of empathy for, for Fetterman. I mean, it's not easy even when you're at your best, and when you, when anybody that's done public speaking, or that's put in front of an audience and you have to perform in a live environment, it is a job. There is so much that you have to try to remember. But you also have to try to be relaxed enough so that you don't get choked up, so that you don't freeze when certain things are thrown at you. It is a task, and that's if you're 100% on game. When you're coming back from a stroke, it is, I, I can't even imagine it, which is why I can't imagine why the Democrats continue to put him up and why after it was clear to everyone that he was not ready for this, that they insisted on, going ahead with it. Now, of course, you can't unsee the debate between Mehmet Oz and John Fetterman if you saw it. You cannot unsee it. So now the spin from the left is the first spin, oh, Mehmet Oz was rude. He was rude to him, he was mean to him, and he was bullying him. I didn't see that. Did you see that? Did you hear it in any of the bites? And we played a bunch of them yesterday. Did you hear Mehmet Oz being mean-spirited? Did you hear him mocking Mr. Fetterman? No, you didn't hear that. The secondary thing that Democrats are saying, uh, well, the Fetterman camp is now coming up with excuses for what the Post calls his disastrous debate performance. His camp says, you know, we're thrilled with his performance. He did remarkably well. No, he didn't, especially when you consider that he's still recovering from a stroke and was working off of delayed captions filled with errors. Well, next our media group, which hosted debate, rebuked that immediately. And what they're saying, and please take note of this, they're saying that Mr. Fetterman and his team chose to rehearse only once before the debate. It's unfortunate that Mr. Fetterman is now criticizing the closed captioning process employed by Nexstar during tonight's debate. Their communications chief said, both candidates agreed to the technical setup for the closed captioning process weeks ago which were implemented at the request of the Fetterman campaign. Both candidates were offered the opportunity for two full rehearsals 
with the same equipment that was used in the debate. Fetterman's camp only chose to execute one of those rehearsals. And the host of the debate said that the closed captioning system worked exactly as it was expected to work. Now, I do have some experience seeing this firsthand. Rush, for many years, as many of you know, was deaf, and he relied on real-time, and that's what it's called. We had one of the fastest real-time writers in the country. And Dawn, that was Rush's real-time writer, it is, let me tell you, it is a job. You have to have a dictionary that is specific. She was always filling her dictionary with new words that would be used in the political or cultural context that Rush spoke of and in. And it is no easy task. They are people that do stenography, like the people in the court systems. And they are real-time transcribing what they are hearing and using a process that turns that transcribed shorthand language into words. Now, occasionally, will a word come out wrong? Yeah, you might get a phonetic error here or there. But for the most part, if you practice, you can keep up with what's going on with real time. And the delay, if you have a real-time writer, is a slight delay. So this is just another one. You know, Democrats don't get their way, and what do they do? They point their fingers and everybody else is, is everybody else is at fault, not them. They are never at fault for anything. If you, Nancy Pelosi said the other day, for instance, if you're complaining about high prices and you complain to one of their candidates, the candidate should just change the subject because it's not really that important. It's not real. The things that affect you are not real. You heard Kathy Hochul pretty much dismiss the crime wave that has millions of people afraid across the New York area. And what does she say? It's in your mind. You're just reacting to fear. You're not reacting to anything real. John Fetterman should have never been put up there. I think it was courageous of him in the condition that he was in to go up there. But let us remember something. His doctors gave him and gave us the impression that he wasn't, quote-unquote, recovering, is that he recovered. He was fit for duty. Now, it turns out the doctor that they used to push this lie on the American people was one of his campaign donors. But this is a mess of their own making. What they should have done is try honesty. Honesty. That little pesky word, honesty, which means coming before the voters and say, you know what, Mr. Fetterman had a very, very serious stroke, and I'm sorry, he's not ready to regain the, he's not ready to resume his campaign. We need to go with someone else. Yes, it would have disrupted things for a while, but it would not have put Mr. Fetterman, his family, and the Democrat Party in the mess that they are in today. And Mehmet Oz, you can point your fingers all you want and make false allegations that he was rude, that he treated Mr. Fetterman badly. That didn't happen. 
Anyone that watched the debate knows that Mehmet Oz stuck to issues. He did not. He did not treat Mr. Fetterman differently than he would have treated any other political opponent at a debate. Now, I was saying this this woman out in Arizona, this Katie Hobbs, doesn't even want to show up for the debate. She didn't. If she wins, I guarantee you, more and more candidates will say, you know what, let me skip the debates. I have a better chance not debating. If Carrie Lake wins, people are going to point fingers at her and say, you know what, you should have debated. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, is supposed Snurdy's Rush Hour. A lot more to go. Your phone calls coming up. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Who's our birthday boy, Kevin? Today's birthday features a British singer-songwriter from Duran Duran. Simon LeVon was 64 years of age today. Hey, hey. Wonderful. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so privileged and pleased to have with us. This woman, I am telling you, has so much courage. Kaya Reichick, you know her, many of you on the Internet, and I know you know her because her followers are increasing by the thousands every day. You know her as Lib TikTok, and you have heard us on this program play week after week, especially on the Saturday, Saturday show, most some of the audio that Haya has found. Haya, welcome to the program. How are you this afternoon? Hi, Bo. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. You do amazing work. Let me tell people what you do if they don't know. You scour TikTok, and that takes a lot of courage in itself, and you find some of the videos that people have posted, and you just repost them so that everyone can see what people are saying what they are actually saying in their own words. For this, you have been tossed off Twitter more than once. There are any number of publications like The Blade, The Advocate, that say you hate LGBTQ people or something similar. You have endured people making threats against you. The Washington Post, one of their little junior reporterettes has come after you and seems to be on a mission to try to destroy your character. But you keep right on going, and you keep right on posting when you're not suspended, when they don't take your account down. How did you, what made you decide to explore TikTok? So I think that um, TikTok really started getting popular during COVID because people were at home and they were bored and had a lot of extra time and, you know, we couldn't go out and do things. So people were looking for ways to stay entertained. So I, that's when I noticed TikTok really starting to get very popular. And then I noticed 
how insane TikTok was. Like there was just a cesspool of teachers bragging about grooming kids and and transgender activists bragging about grooming uh, kids to be part of the LGBTQ plus whatever community. Um, there's also another uh, another thing I noticed was insane anti-white racism on TikTok. Um, so it's just really a cesspool of mental illness and insanity. And I was like, I just got to, I got to expose this. Like this was, it was, there's also a lot of uh, funny videos. There was, at that time, there was a lot of like Fauci cult COVID videos and vaccine cult videos. And so I just started, you know, pulling those videos, posting it to Twitter. And then it, uh, it obviously grew a ton. Um, it's been a little bit over a year and, you know, we have a massive social media presence. Um, so, so that's how I got started with TikTok and my account was actually banned on TikTok. So I don't even have a TikTok account. Um, but <laughs> thankfully we haven't been banned permanently on Twitter. <laughs> and what an auspicious day that you would join us the day that Elon Musk announces to the world that he has completed his ownership quest of TikTok. And is now, I'm sorry, of, of of Twitter, and is now the proud owner of Twitter. Of course, there's a lot of panic there because he's also hinted that there might be some layoffs coming. That's another story. But what say you about the allegations that somehow you're picking on groups of people? So I am just posting what they themselves are saying. And at this point, it's not just TikTok. I scour the web for, like, anything um, that I feel has to be exposed. So it's, it's TikToks. It's from Instagram. I'll post something from a hospital's YouTube channel or website. So I post whatever I see with very, very minimal commentary. So probably the least commentary from any account of my size you'll ever see. And they are calling me. Um, they're calling me transphobic and homophobic and racist and all these kinds of things that obviously there's no evidence for um, simply because I'm posting what they themselves are saying. And I think that that's very telling is that when I'm, when I'm posting these things with no commentary and they're calling me um, transphobic or they're calling me a terrorist for posting a video from, from a hospital's website, then it's very telling because it's their own words. Now, this situation with Boston Hospital, we spent a great deal of time on that in this program because you were lied about, plain and simple. Plain and simple, what was, <clears throat> excuse me, what was being alleged was that you were causing. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Because you posted what was on their website. And not only that, you confirmed information because you called the hospital and asked, is this going on? And the issue was the surgeries for minors and minors having this, what they call gender affirming surgery, including mastectomies and including um, other things. When these, we're talking about 16 year olds and under. 
You call the hospital. You confirm this is what a hospital worker told you was happening. Not only did you post videos from their site, you confirmed. And yet the story in the mainstream press was that attacks and threats were coming at this hospital and it was your fault. And they tried to smear you. There have been others. The American Library Association has called on the FBI to investigate you and to investigate others that are posting what liberals themselves are saying. And just because you post what they say, can you walk us through very briefly the situation with Boston Hospital? Yeah, so there was there was two hospitals. There was Boston Children's Hospital, which um, had videos up on their YouTube channel and information on their website um, where they said that they would do uh, surgery on minors um, as well as puberty blockers. And they had a whole bunch of content there. They were saying also that Kids know from the womb if they're transgender, like really, really insane stuff. So I posted all that. Um, there was another hospital, which was Children's National Hospital in D.C., which is who I called, and they confirmed to me on the phone that they do hysterectomies on kids younger than 16. So there's a lot of these, what they call gender-affirming care, which is really uh, mutilation of minors, um, that they're doing, and they're happy to post about it and brag about it. And then the second we bring it to light, they always, you know, delete all of their videos. They remove all the information from their website, um, and they all go into hiding. And what happened with Boston Children was was that they they blamed me for an apparent bomb threat that the hospital got, um, which obviously had nothing to do with me. I was very outspoken about finding the person who called in the threat. We even offered a cash reward for information leading to the person who called in the threat. And they did announce that they found the person and they're going to face charges. And I hope they do because, I mean, it's obviously very wrong to call in a bomb threat. I think we would all agree. But the idea that I'm responsible for simply posting publicly available information is so bizarre. And they know that. Um, And, in fact, Washington Post even had to issue a correction because they claimed that I was responsible for an evacuation of Boston children. Um, Boston children was never evacuated. So that was a lie. Um, Even if it was, I'm obviously not responsible. Um, The idea that, like I said, that posting about what someone is doing, that it's publicly available information makes me responsible for what other people go and then do is, is crazy. Um, so I, I'm happy that, that I held them accountable a little bit. So they did have to issue that correction. Um, and we're actually looking for more corrections because the way that they lie about me, they blame me for bomb threats, they call me a terrorist, they call me homophobic and racist. It just, it, it can't go on. They just, they lie about me so much. Um, and we're going to hold them accountable. And are you going to stop posting what these people post themselves on these social media platforms? No way. <laughs> I'm never going to stop. Um, they tried to make me stop. I think that they tried to scare me when they doxed me and they post all their lies about me. But I, once you're in it, you realize how important this stuff is. So um, it, I'll, I'll be honest, in the beginning, like a few months into the account, I was just like, you know, I could easily just delete this account and go get a job and I mean, I was I, I had a job. Um, and continue with my job and continue with my life. Um, but then, but I'm like, I can't. You just can't because the stuff is so so important. The way that they brag about mutilating kids, about grooming kids, 
Um, this was happening everywhere, and I just felt it was my responsibility to continue exposing it. So um, I'm never going to stop. Um, I'm actually working on another report about another hospital now, um, and I'm, I'm going to continue for as long as I can. Well, we are going to continue to repost what you publish, what you put out, what you post. We're going to continue to follow you. You have over 1.3 million followers now. And if anyone wants to follow you, how do they do it? So um, my main account is obviously Twitter, which is just outlives of TikTok. Um, but the, I'm growing my, my subsect now, which is you can find at livesoftiktok.com. Um, and that's where I publish um, sort of bigger stories, bigger reports that are more than just um, TikTok videos. So any reports about hospitals or just insider information from different schools or um, stuff like that. So I post my longer, bigger stories um, on Substack at livesoftiktok.com. You are always welcome here. You are a hero of the truth. And I don't know what you could do more than that, a hero of the truth. That is you. And thank you for joining us today. We hope that we'll have a chance to speak with you in the near future. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is Haya. Haya Reichick, Libs of TikTok. And we'll be back, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, on here on Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Shower with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know who they are, the Supremes. Go back to your childhood. You're in the car. It's the little tiny AM radio. It's one WABC, of course. And what are you hearing coming out of those speakers? The Supremes and Baby Love. Let's head to the telephone, Sal in Long Island. You're on with Bo Snurby. It's Bo Snurby's Rush Hour. How are you, Sal? Hey, Mr. Golden. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, Lee Zeldin, I think Lee Zeldin, he is going to deliver for American people. I think he was strong. I think he mobbed the floor with uh, Kathy Hochul. Either way, at the end of the show, at the end of the debate, I don't know if you noticed that how Kathy Hochul, she ran out so quick. And Lee Zeldin stood tall and he stood strong on that debate. My I think Lee Zeldin is- acquitted himself so well. And I think when she tried, every time she tried to turn the tables on him, she got the tables turned on herself. I mean, in this question, this is the one defining thing that people should walk away from that debate. Why is it so important to you? Why is the crime that is afflicting this city, this country, under Democrat rule, why is that so important to you? The fact that she doesn't understand that should disqualify her from ever being elected governor. Remember, she has never been elected the governor of New York in the first place. 
Thank you so much for the call, Sal. Appreciate it. Let's go to Long Island. Joe, you're on. Bo Snerley's Rush Hour. What's on your mind? Yes. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say Rush Limbaugh said it best about the Democrats. He said Democrats have an entitlement to power. Now, what I mean by that is all you have to do is look at how they behaved as soon as they took control over the government after the 2020 election. Ask yourself, did they use their ill-gotten power to improve the country or make people's lives better? No, of course not. Instead, what they did, among other things, among screwing everything up, was to try to rig the system in order to permanently cement themselves into power. Let's take a look. They threw open the border right away. They tried to pack the Supreme Court. They tried to make Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico states, so that would ensure a permanent Democrat majority in the Senate. So, uh, and oh, and another thing, they tried to ram through Congress H.R. 1. That was a bill which would have given the, the Democrats uni- yeah, unilateral control over federal elections, usurping mm-hmm. the constitutional authority of state legislatures. So, the voters should – this should illustrate perfectly to the voters that the priority of the Democrats is not the country, it's themselves. You said it perfectly, and you are dead on right. Thank you so much, Joe. Let's go to Forest Hills and Jeff. How are you, Jeff? Nice to hear your voice, Bo. Yeah, I Thank watched you. the debate. I think, uh, you know, when I saw, when I saw this guy, uh, Fettler, up there, first I thought I saw uh, – Peter Boyle, but I didn't see Gene Wilder on stage, so they weren't doing putting on the Ritz. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame, but when someone's in power, you got to be on your game. You'd be right on your game. Firemen, police officers, Marines, you got to be on your game when you're representing people. Kathy Hochul, she speaks out of her side of her mouth like a ventriloquist. Uh, she's too cocky. She seems like James Cagney. She got everything all wrapped up. Zeldin, he's the man. And I give Oz a lot of credit. And, you know, it's a shame that they put this man out there. And that's what the Democrats do. This man has, uh, has issues. He's probably not a bad guy, but he's in the wrong spot. You know, he could probably be, do really good somewhere else, but not in the position that they want him to do. No way. Thank he you, Jeff. Pre- appreciate the call so much, Jeff. Thank you. Let us go to Long Island and Mike. How are you, Mike? James, thanks for taking my call. Listen, you know, you were wondering earlier why it is that they ran Fetterman, and and I would say, like, why did they run, you know, Joe Biden? I think the answer is that the the people running the Democratic Party, that what they want to do is so radical, and they know that the people won't vote for it. And they're looking to get people in there to sneak them in, and once they're in there, they're going to control them, and they're going to – look what they're doing to Joe Biden. And that's the same thing that they're going to do to Fetterman if he gets in there. They, once they're elected, then they can do whatever they want, and their policies that would never fly if they put it out there, uh, you know, they're going to be able to implement. And that's why Libs of TikTok, you know, it's, you had her on before. The reason why they hate her is because she exposes them for what they are. And, they and that is so true. Exposed. That is so true. <clears throat> and what Libs of TikTok does, what Haya does, is she exposes them by using their own words. This is who they are because this is who they say they are, and they're telling us what they believe, and that they can't stand, that it's being made public. Tom, is that in Oklahoma City, Tom? Yes. Hi, Tom. Uh, Thank you, Bo. Uh, I want to say that your second or third 
person called you in there, they're right on, and you, you know who I'm talking about. What we need to say and do is to counteract what they're doing with the Look, election. we have to do that. We have to. Tom, we're running out of time, so I'm not going to be able to give you a fair shrift today. Give us a call back, and everybody on hold. On November 3rd, ladies and gentlemen, remember, Ramsey Mazda is hosting Back to Blue. We inf- we support law enforcement all around the country. That will be November 3rd, Ramsey Mazda, WABC, Back the Blue. May God bless and protect each and every one of you. We'll see you here tomorrow for Boston Airbus Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. Till then, bye. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.